Did you hear about that yeah. face group, Facebook group where people pretend to be ants? No. Do you dress up like an ant? No, you just it's like uh like uh, uh written stuff so someone will be like like the queen will post cuz I guess there's a queen and it's like the queen says time to dig so everyone will respond with dig 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 dig. Oh my god, that sounds horrible. It, it I thought it would be funny and you're right it is horrible. That's that's worse than a furry. I don't even know how to respond to that exactly cuz I've played like those te- old text-based like MMORPG games from way mud. back in the day. Oh yeah. yeah. The old muds. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's kind of time that's come up in 24 hours for me. Really? <laughs> it's probably it's kind of the same thing, right? Like I guess except you're using Facebook as a platform and you're just fucking dumb. Incorporated in 1875, proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. I am Justin. I'm Mud. You're not Mud. I'm Scott. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the quarantine casts that we've been doing. I know the last week's one was a little bit short, and uh, that's fine, Should though. we did one last week? Um, well, Scott and I was did I it. No, it was because Shit, you got to call me when I miss them because I might have known I was in quarantine land. Well, no, that one, it was like a Mother's Day night at like 8 p.m. And Scott was like, oh, we really yeah. should put something out. And I was like, I don't want to put anything out in it. And it should the worst, man. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I just can't help it. When a Monday comes around, I feel like I have to put out a podcast. Well, you, you're not wrong, really, because we kind of had to, because uh, first off, thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you want to get all of our old episodes, you can check it out at GritCityPodcast.com. But we also got that Patreon, which means we've got to put out episodes for those patrons. <laughs> we do. We actually have a new patron, um, a couple of new ones. I don't know if we if we um, said anything about Anthony on the last one. Shout out to Anthony. Uh, yeah, he Anthony. popped in. You remember Anthony um, from back, way back, Brogan. Uh, he used to come to all our shows. Bearded Anthony? Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah, he popped yeah. on to uh, Patreon nice. for us. And then um, Eric B. out of uh, Tacoma, I'm guessing. But there's like three or four Eric's we have on there now. I don't know what it is about Eric's, but they like us. Oh, we're like the Eric. Uh, the I don't know. I was going to say something, but I forgot. Do we have Eric Erica's? Club? Shout no. out to Erica's. <laughs> Well, it's all dudes. Yeah, why are we going <laughs> to shout out to Erica's when we have no Erica's? We got to hey, shout out to the Erica's. We give shout outs to Erica's. Maybe we'll get some Erica's. Oh, all right. Oh, it's like the manifestation. It's like if we think it, it will come. If you say so. All right. <laughs> come on, Erica. Oh, anyway. Anyway, so. <laughs> um i might be a little loopy because i chugged a uh most of an energy drink because i wanted to stay awake because we're just doing this in the afternoon on a random day and i'm kind of twitchy dude afternoons in quarantine are um 
they are hard to stay awake from dude, dude, look, that look. one o'clock to three o'clock. That's yeah. the window. <laughs> it's like nap time. If you're like four or stuck in quarantine <laughs> or 40. <laughs> but we're actually kind of excited for this episode because it's not just going to be the three of us bullshitting, which is kind of generally what goes around and what happens. But we actually with us today, we've got Brian from the Washington Emergency Management Division, and we're not going to talk so much about what's going on right now. But more along the lines of something that happened 40 years ago, which is pretty sweet. Well, I mean, Didn't it happened on your birthday. It, no, it happened on my mom's birthday. I knew somebody in your family had a birthday. Yeah, it was her uh, 20th birthday, May 18th, 1980. I'm giving a lot of information. Anyway, uh, May 18th, 1980 was when Mount St. Helens erupted. That was 40 years ago. And so at this point in time, I thought it would be, I mean, this was, uh, as of this episode dropping, it will be exactly 40 years. And uh, Brian uh, is actually cool enough to come on. Brian, are you there? I am here. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty well. How about yourself? <laughs> Doing all right, all things considered. Hopefully uh, you're staying safe. And uh, I I don't know. Do you stay indoors or are you part of uh, the essential uh, people running around doing all sorts of crazy stuff? Well, we're at a Washington Emergency Management Division. So we've been working for the past um, three months trying to support the response. Mm. Um, so trying to make sure that everybody gets the PPE they need um, and everything like that. Oh, my goodness. It's been very busy. Yeah, I guess oh, so it's, it's oh sorry. No, I was go just ahead. gonna say it's a busy it's a busy season for you then, huh, Brian? <laughs> I'd say that. We've as far as I'm aware, we've never been activated for this long. Not in a very long time. Wow, yeah. It's been staying very busy. So it's nice to talk about volcanoes instead of disease for a while. So thank you. <laughs> exactly. That's that's honestly that's what we were hoping for, man. Is it's kind of oh, why we brought yeah. you on. It's to just take a break for a minute, you know? I'm sure people will appreciate that. Thank you. And so, yeah, 40 years ago, the uh, the Mount St. Helens erupted. And uh, take us through a little bit of what um, what what went down when it um, erupted. Were people really expecting something along those lines? Were there emergency services um, like at the ready? Well, I, don't I was not there for this one. I don't think he's there, but he maybe knows the history of it. <laughs> like, shit, this guy's like Tommy Lee Jones in that one oh. movie. Sorry, Brogan. Were you not did you not were you not on that episode with Brian last time? Well, I don't think he was there last time. <laughs> oh, dang it. See, I'm sorry. And oh, I, we should probably tell people who Brian is. I, I guess. guess huh? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole quarantine stuff, not being face to face. I mean, I'm seriously. I'm staring at a blank television right now while I'm doing this in my garage. So, like, like we because we did an emergency response when we had three people in. We had a lady. We had Sarah Norman's dad and somebody else. Is this that? I don't know. Yeah, that was the that was um the very first. That was the Pierce County one we did. But mm-hmm. um, no, Brian. Uh, well, Brian will tell you because I don't know exactly what it is. <laughs> but he's a specialist in vol- volcano stuff. And you weren't there, Brogan. No big deal. Um, Brian, do you mind? <laughs> do you mind yeah, like no uh, telling people? Uh, so I work for the Washington State Emergency Management Division. We 
or the, the state's version of FEMA, basically. Um, they do the federal response for the state. So anything that's higher than the counties need to respond, anything that exceeds their capacity, they call us for support. Um, and I specifically focus on earthquake and volcano hazards. I'm a volcanologist by training. That's what I'm here for. Perfect. You're like a super specialist, aren't you? Aren't you like the specialist in like the whole state? Don't be modest. Tell us the truth. <laughs> for emergency management, I would say so. But we do have a Washington State Geological Survey, and there are a lot of volcanologists working down in Vancouver at the observatory. Luckily, do you guys us. do you guys arm wrestle to see who's like the top volcanologist? <laughs> It's not usually an arm wrestle, but uh, no, no. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, we actually recently participated in the uh, Ask Me Anything for Reddit, which was really fun because uh, we had folks that specialize in volcanic lightning, for example, and volcano uh -huh. seismology. Oh, there's and I was vol able to there's focus volcanic on lightning? That is horrifying. What is we, volcanic We have to lightning? put that in there because, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, typically normal clouds have all these little ice particles bouncing back and forth and it can create lightning. You can get the same thing when you have little particles of ash bouncing back and forth. And there's so usually like a little Mount bit of ice Helen's in there. Erupted, there could have been lightning in their in their plume. Yeah, I think Holy there was shit. some. Um, there was some actually. I've been wow. sorry, I've been dorking out on this for the last two days, just watching Mount St. Helens videos. <laughs> and uh, if you get on YouTube, you can watch them in slow motion. And there was all kinds of lightning. It was really neat. <laughs> it's really fascinating to watch. So, what originally got you into uh, wanting to do uh, the volcanology? Oh, so actually 2004, I'm from New York, but um, we took a trip out to Washington and I climbed Mount St. Helens uh, 2004 with my family. And uh, just a little bit before it started erupting again, I was just completely fascinated with it. Like, I need to study these, I need to learn more. That's amazing. Did you check out the ice, check out the uh, the ape caves while you were there? Yeah, those are really cool too. Isn't that cool? That's one of the coolest things in Washington. Yes. <laughs> A I've really actually unique thing. I've actually never had a chance to go check those out. I'm kind of a terrible Washingtonian. Yeah, you are. I don't even know what you're talking about. So, oh, there's no apes involved. They're just lava tubes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I guess if we're in there, technically, but yeah, Planet of the Apes style, right there on that one. Uh, I'm sorry, we came from Adam and Eve and a rib bone. Oh wow, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. That's another interpretation. Okay. <laughs> So May 18th, 1980, Mount St. Helens erupts. Um, it wasn't like all of a sudden sort of a thing, though, was it? I think I, I might have freaked out. Oh, there you are. Oh, lost you there, Brian. So can you repeat? Uh, can you start at the beginning with that? Oh, I just said I lost sound. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I, I just... Yeah, I was just asking. So, um, the like with Mount St. Helens erupting in May eighteenth, nineteen eighty, it wasn't like all of a sudden a big surprise that this thing is erupting. There was a little bit of there was precursor to it, correct? Yeah, over a month of precursor actually. Um, and what's been really interesting, you can go to the USGS volcanoes Twitter and their Facebook, and what they've been doing is every day they've been saying what was happening forty years ago on this day that helped lead us up to this. So there's all sorts of things where. The mountain had been growing, um, for example, at like five feet a day, it's expanding outwards. And one of the stories that comes out of that is they have, uh, so the way they used to do kind of GPS, distant uh, deformation measurement, how much the volcano is being displaced is they'd set these markers out on it and then use different viewpoints to triangulate where those are. 
And so they look at those, um, and then one of the first things they found that this was really moving very quickly is one day they looked in their scope, and they couldn't even see the marker because it had moved so much. Oh, wow. Um, this so, they set, so basically they'd set a big flag out on the side of the mountain, and they would set a telescope on it, and they would know exactly at this degree on this day it, they should see it right in the middle. And then if it's not in that viewpoint, they know it's moving? Yeah, really similar to that. somebody moved your house. Whoa! Wow, huh. that's really that's actually really clever. I guess I would have never thought of how they'd done that prior to today's technology. Yeah, now we cheat and use GPS, which is much easier and much more accurate quickly, which is nice. But um, yeah, there's GPS all over that mountain now. And you you mentioned going down there uh, in the in the 2000s to go check it out because it was kind of messing around and smoking around again was there any worry that it would erupt a second time or that it that it will at any point in like current history oh for sure um mount st helens is probably it's the most likely to erupt next out of the cascades volcanoes just if you look at the past four thousand years of activity it's erupted way more than any other volcano in this area wow and it's still is a ton of quakes um, but we're watching it very closely it's one of the most heavily monitored volcanoes on the planet that's just got to be really fun on a research aspect because I have to imagine having one this close or like, you know, in, you know, in the United States uh, is uh, something that doesn't normally happen. Well, yeah. And you could tell just by the way people responded in 1980. It's kind of like we have this feeling in the U.S. a lot of times like, oh, that's a hazard that happened somewhere else. And this really brought it home that this is a hazard we can have here, especially because if you talk to people about like Mount St. Helens and what it was to them. It was this perfect, they called it Mount Fuji of the U.S., basically, this really nice conical snow-covered mountain on Spirit Lake where people would go for summer camp. And I can't even imagine the idea of having a memory like that. And then the next day, the lake has moved, and the mountain just looks like somebody took a massive ice cream scoop to it and covered in a hash. Yeah, that was like even watching the videos. And if you watch those videos, it's... It doesn't erupt like you would imagine from like a Hollywood movie sort of thing. It just kind of like like went up and out. Yeah, that the way it erupted actually took people by surprise. And we learned a lot from the eruption in the volcanology community because it's an understanding that mountains can do that. And a lot of that was because of the way that bulge was moving on the side of it. <laughs> Sorry. So, that just... You just laughed at the word bulge. I know I did. Child, I'm talking to a scientist <laughs> about this. It's very interesting, and I still have to laugh at bulge. It's all good. <laughs> and have a laugh, whatever. <laughs> now and like this is one of those things where um, is it because of uh, eruptions like this, or the possibility of eruptions? Since we had, do have volcanoes in the Cascade, why we have stuff like uh, the the Lahar and the earthquake testing uh, that happens monthly? Yes. So uh, all the rivers downstream from Mount Rainier. Um, so Mount St. Helens is considered the second highest risk volcano in the U.S. Uh, Mount Rainier is considered the third, um, and that's mainly based on the fact Mount St. Helens is higher risk. It doesn't expose as many people, but it erupts far more frequently. Um, Kilauea in Hawaii is number one because people actually live on that. Oh, wow. And it, um, Crazy to me, yeah. the people that live in the in the lava flow zones. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you do live on the slopes of a volcano and we've got national forests on ours or national park. So people don't technically live there except the rangers, but that would be very handy if we needed to close that area because it was dangerous. But yeah, we or have if the there's a disease yeah. killing trees. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Damn, dude. <laughs> In case of. Um, but yeah, if you look at the, the rivers coming off of Mount Rainier, there is a siren system set up because a lot more people live in those river valleys. And if there was a lahar coming down one of these volcanic mud flows, um, the only thing you can really do to protect yourself from that is get out of the way. Um, buildings are not going to stop it. If you can see some of the pictures from the Mount St. Helens, which destroyed somewhere in the 40s, I believe, number of bridges as it came down the mountain. Oh, wow. This is a destructive force. So, yeah, it's get out of the way or. Yeah, that's your only option. <laughs> I'm about to say it's yeah, it's it's you, you, you hope to get out of the way. And I mean, having that long of a of a warning, uh, you know, of it, you know, bloating and doing all of that. Ha- there were still people that were checking out the mountain at the times. And I know that uh, if you look some of the older stuff, you can see some of the historical photos from people who didn't make it, but their camera did. Yeah. And that's, that's Yuck, really eerie. I I think that's that is scary. Wouldn't work with our digital ones now. <laughs> right. Uh, I know. And so uh, what was, I mean, I, you uh, mentioned that you guys had just recently done the AMA on Reddit and it's pretty easy to find out because if you just go to the Washington state emergency management services, Facebook page, you got the link there. Uh, in addition to some other stuff that you've done in regards to all of this, um, was there anything just from the AMA, like a question that you thought that was really like, um, kind of an awesome question that the uh, people threw out to you? Um, some of the ones I really liked were, what did we learn from this eruption? Because I liked that people were asking that, because <laughs> I really think if you're doing it right, any eruption is something you should learn something from, so that it's not as bad in the future. But ultimately, what we learned from this is, there's a couple things. This volcano can explode sideways or have a lateral blast, they call it. Um, but also just the unpredictability. And in these 40 years since that eruption, We've been doing a lot of work just looking at volcanoes internationally. So the volcanology community is, it has to be international because when you want to know what might happen at a U.S. volcano, there's got to be one somewhere else in the world that has erupted that we can look at and say, okay, this is very similar to that. We're seeing similar signs and the seismic signals, the, the shaking that's happening, the way it's deforming. We know it might do this. So it kind of gives you a better idea for how to forecast it. Do you- so we learned a lot from St. Helens in that way. Do you feel that uh, when you meet meet up with maybe uh, a scientist from a region that has a similar volcano uh, activity as something like this that you've been studying for so long, do you guys have like end up like sharing like a special bond when it comes down to that sort of thing because you have those similarities in what you guys have been studying? Oh, we can for sure, and it's really cool when you make that connection. Like, oh yeah, yours does that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're nerds. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, the nerds got me. That made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now looking at something along these lines and preparing, and when we talked with you previously, it was, um, yeah, this is uh, something that can happen. An eruption could possibly happen or an earthquake. And we we've mentioned previously that, you know, Tacoma is on a fault and um, 
with uh the emergency preparedness uh are there is there anything specific or is there any difference in what you should be getting in like your your go bags or anything for volcanoes as opposed to anything else that might possibly be going on right now in this certain uh time what are you referencing i don't know <laughs> um yeah <Sorry>. right <laughs> Yeah, the interesting thing we're finding right now is uh, more people seem to be getting prepared. We don't have any official surveys to back that up, but I mean, the fact that we're out of toilet paper or we're in the beginning, people are thinking about what they're going to need for a long period of time. And that seems to be on the top of the list. Mm -hmm. But so one thing I don't think as many people are aware of is that's only part of preparedness. We say people should be two weeks ready for a disaster. And I am really grateful every day that this is something where we're stuck in our home, sheltering in place if you're doing it right. But we have power. We have internet, thank goodness. Uh, we have running water. We have clean water. These are things that we want people to be prepared for two weeks for. But the other part of that is understanding your hazards and knowing that, for example, if you have a lahar coming towards you, you need to have that go bag, something that you can grab in a hurry and things that you you just need to run out the door with this and get to high ground. Um, same thing if you live or are visiting a tsunami zone. Or if there's a wildfire, as we have that season coming up. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's right. So I guess that's the next. Oh, I don't want to say the next plague, but here we are. I just said it. That's the next plague. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Brian, again, how do you sleep at night, sir? I don't, do you like what drugs are you taking to fall asleep at night? <laughs> Oh, God's drug is vodka. Oh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, just same thing as always. You know, there's a remote possibility this could happen. And uh, just be prepared. Know that you can do something about it. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Just hope it doesn't happen. We've we finally. I mean, it took all of this for us to um, get uh, our go bag ready. And one of the funny parts about it, first off, you can find uh, the resources to see what exactly what you need in your go bag. Uh, it's super easy to find out there, and you need to have that. But also, uh, if you've got pets, you need to get something ready for them as well. Yes, thank you. Got to think about them. It's just everybody who depends on you, basically. And yeah. if you have young children, you might need to pick something up to carry for them as well. But Or you can just load them down on the backpack. They do it at school anyway. <laughs> it's practice. Yeah, but right. Just think about who you need to have things for is the most important part. One of the things, one of the simple things that we did and that I'm doing is like I've I've got a whole bunch of extra like um bags, just normal um like even like the shopping reusable bags. I'm just putting like the cat's food uh, in that bag right now. So if something happens, we have to go, I can just scoop that up. And then as someone's trying to wrangle the dumb cats, I can, uh, you know, one of us can also just get the food as we're going around collecting everything else. Cause you don't want to be just searching around for each different thing or trying to stuff a whole bunch of stuff into, um, bags and packing as you're trying to leave. If there's an issue. Oh no. Yeah. That's the point. You want to keep this by the door to somewhere where you can grab it in a hurry. So I know that it's one of those things that's like in a go bag. And we've talked about how you want to have those. You want to have some creature comforts in there as well and have some maybe some good snacks. So I'm going to ask you point blank. I'm going to surprise you with this one. Uh, what's your favorite snack to put into your go bag? <laughs> this might sound kind of weird, but uh, and it wouldn't make me fun company. But um, I love those packets of tuna. Oh, my friend. I like, I like uh 
oh, speaking of tuna, so have you been down the tuna aisle lately and seen the little little new containers where they got flavored tuna, like with basil, and they got what? all these Ooh. different, like, garlicky delight. They've got a tropical one. They've got a Thai-flavored one. It's like Thai food, but it's in your tuna. It's really good. I might need to make another expedition of the grocery store at some point. <laughs> yeah, in the for sure they have them at Safeway yeah. and Fred Meyer. Are you serious? Oh, dude, I've got one, like, right now in the other room. It's delicious. Are you just yeah. eating, are you just eating it out of the can? Well, I, I like put it on sandwich. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's worthy of eating out of the can. That is for sure. That's a little weird. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's going to weird. <laughs> um, talking a little bit more about um, with the uh, with Mount St. Helens and, and the volcanic eruption. Um, what are some of the things that you guys are covering on on social media like you mentioned the the reddit ask me anything but i know you're putting up some other posts and like the twitter posts are going over each day of that as well are there any other fun things that you guys have been doing not us as much um we're gonna do some facebook live on may 18th as well um we'll just talk about volcanic hazards again and kind of what we learned from this but also what you can do to prepare uh, preparedness is kind of our focus while the uh Actual, the science of the volcanic eruption is going to be the Cascades Volcano Observatory. Um, but something like this is a Volcano Awareness Month again. The, the governor was a little too busy for some reason to sign a proclamation <laughs> this month, which I can understand. But well, yeah, he's trying it, to hold the small businessman down. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Brogan, how's your small business going? Uh, my small business is fine, but uh, the other small businesses that are not doing well they are going under left and right yeah i also think the virus is just a scam anyway so what yeah you get out of here with your conspiracy stuff you weirdo keep posting your stupid memes on facebook oh man that meme made people mad it was great i know exactly which one you're talking about because i only posted one i know and it made me mad too yeah it triggered a bunch of people i thought "Ah, i thought about calling you and being like what the hell's wrong with you but then i remembered it was you yeah, well, you could call, and I just yell cheese sandwich at you and hang up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Scott, are you over there? I am, man. I was laughing at cheese sandwich a little bit. I could tell. I could tell. I know you've been doing a lot of research on uh, on the the volcanoes and stuff. What freaked you out about them, dude? Everything, dude. Everything <laughs> freaks me out about <laughs> all the all these natural dude i started watching one video like i started on mount st helens and then i got into what's the one that just broke apart i want to say it was krakatoa is that right brian uh, it did break apart. <laughs> it did right oh which time <laughs> oh no isn't there one that just uh recently like half of the mountain just came apart and uh like the back half of it came off and it's an uh, island or something so Krakatoa did that a couple years ago and actually had a gigantic tsunami. Um, yeah, that's the one. That shit freaked me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's really bad. Yeah. Because like our tsunamis, we would typically have a lot of warning, but these volcanic ones on the coast are really hard to predict. So Krakatoa is notorious for that. Back its 1883 eruption actually killed about 30,000 people because of And it, it killed people this time too, right? Like it was a it, pretty big it, deal. Yeah, so that's not a good one to be on the coast near, um, I would say. But currently, it's rebuilding. It's not really another good spot to do that. 
So that's a relief if there is one. Now, if the yeah. Oh, sorry, Justin. No worries. Just real quick. Yeah. This is what freaks me out. It's stuff like this where he's like, oh, that one's not a good one to be around. <laughs> but the one you're close to is fine. <laughs> don't worry about that one. See, what? I just don't believe you guys anymore. He's got to move out of Puyallup, dog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I yeah. I think I need to move out of all volcanic activity areas. <laughs> um, well, good luck with that. Mm. Well, OK. So we do have some helpful tools for that. So if you look at the USGS webpage, and we have it on our Washington Geological Survey page as well, you can look at what the volcanic hazard zones are. And with one like that, where it can affect the whole ocean around it, it's a little more difficult. But ours are not located in the ocean. They're not on islands. And the biggest hazard is these lahars, these mud flows that come down the mountain. When it starts to erupt, they melt all that ice and snow on it, mix with the ash, and come down the river valleys. But they're not really going to extend anywhere outside of the river valleys. In these huge explosions, these pyroclastic flows, those clouds of death, basically, that you might see in movies coming towards, it's just, you don't want to be in that. Those are going to stay within the boundaries of the park, actually, which is why it's really nice we can close that if we need to. So things like that, the lava flows themselves, which are ours are a lot different than Hawaii. They flow a lot more slowly, but you can get these big rock falls breaking off of them. All that's going to stay, these are considered near volcano hazards. And that's the sort of thing we would close for an exclusion zone. So if you don't live in one of those hazard zones, you're not in as much danger as you might think, but it's important to think about how it might affect you because those might cross a road you commute on or something like that. Yes, Scott. Yeah, um, I hear what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I understand the logic behind it. But um, yeah, I just don't. I still have a hard time with all stuff like this, man. I, I like it to be a long ways away. And um, I, I don't think I've ever lived anywhere where I could every day I walked outside and went, oh, yeah, that shit could just blow up and kill me today. <laughs> just today, any day. <laughs> oh, that's the volcano. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little road construction over there. <laughs> yeah, volcano convention. They happen to. <laughs> they just kind of pop up everywhere. Well, and that's, I mean, if you just look at it and you look outside and everyone's like, oh, the mountain's so beautiful. But yeah, you still have to understand that under that beauty is there's a raw power that could just just occur, really. Oh, yeah. Not without warning, luckily. Yeah. Uh, how, up. how have so the- there's a very rare chance that Mount Rainier could have a spontaneous landslide, they found. And oh, that's but it the is there, reason. right? Oh, but it is, it is a chance, so right. Yeah, it is the least likely yes. of anything about Mount Rainier, and that's the reason we have that Lahar siren system, so that people can get warning in that case. Because otherwise, they wouldn't get any. See, Scott, you're, you'll you'll be fine. You'll be warned. <laughs> yeah, that's what they want you to think is you'll be warned. <laughs> that's the last thing you're going to hear is you're running outside your house and the big wall of mud comes towards you. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, if you make it, you can come and hang out in my house. I got an extra bedroom for you guys. <laughs> yeah, because your right place on. is so much safer. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm on. I'm on uh, kind of a hill ish, maybe, maybe not. Well, there you go. That's the other part. You take your go bag with your tuna, and where are you going to go? Where That's are you the- going to go? That's the real question. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Where are you <laughs> headed so we can uh, we can uh, go along with you? <laughs> well, I got to go to work when this happens. Oh, that's a good uh, point. We- You're going towards this stuff. I forgot about that. <laughs> 
No, nah, work isn't a be safe from volcanic hazards location, so that's nice. <laughs> there are a lot more of those than there are areas in volcanic hazard zones in the state. So, are there are there certain stats that have always intrigued you when it comes down to um, studying the volcanoes? Is it, is there like something that always happens, or when you see it happen, it's going to be an indicator of something different happening with these? I know it's kind of a broad, random, weird question, but... Like birds do something crazy? Yeah, or like, yeah, or like, suddenly, like, the trees will, like, I don't know, lean forward or something like that. Not really. I mean, you don't get the, uh... So somebody was asking about Dante's Peak, and the uh, Reddit asked me anything, and everybody's asking about these, like, does the lakes get acidic? Yeah. Or do the lakes get acidic? Or do, do the hot springs really warm up all of a sudden? And really, so we're looking at long-term changes. It takes a while for magma to move through the crust. It's down there, but it's because it has to break through all these layers of rock that it's going to take a while, and it's going to give those signals before something happens. So if you think of what's actually heating that hot spring and that magma, and it doesn't move quite fast enough to suddenly turn your water from comfortable to boiling, um, if that happens, you'd probably more likely get a massive steam explosion, which is like what happened at White Island, uh, the Wakari volcano in New Zealand. That was tragic earlier this year. Um, yeah. But that, oh, yeah, that's I the sort of thing when they say it's one. unexpected. But that there'd be signs that magma is moving under our volcanoes before something like that happened. But then that sort of thing would happen in an area where there is magma, which is going to be that zone that's closed off because it's increased danger. Which is most realistic in natural disaster situations? Oh, we already asked that question. You're going to have to go back and re-listen to that on the other podcast. (laughs) Tell me again. (laughs) From what I've seen. And again, spoiler for last podcast, which is weird, but um, I have not actually seen the movie Volcano. But uh, Dante's Peak is actually pretty realistic for some of the hazards that a Cascades volcano could have. You got the big pyroclastic flow. You got an ash column that's very similar to what happened in Mount St. Helens, except just going straight up, which is more normal for a volcano. Do the volcanologists get all the chicks? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> how many that dudes movie? look like guy pierce or no pierce brosnan i get them confused once in a while too uh, <laughs> um he's the only volcanologist in that that does if i recall correctly but <laughs> didn't he play um 007 at one point as well yeah yes, he yeah did. yeah i like you guys all jumped on that of course he did well, yeah, I know that. I know most of the guys who've played Bond. Doesn't mean I've watched any of those crappy movies. <laughs> I'm just trolling so, Brogan there on that one. Hey, Brian, I forgot about the the um, volcanic explosion in New Zealand. That one was really freaky. They had people like in the volcano. So, is there a lot of places you can go tour inside like an active volcano that you know about? And have you done that? Um, not in the U.S. And that was a that was a really unfortunate situation that people weren't able to get out in time. Um, again, that's a, just an area where when a volcano is a lot more, when it's going through a period of unrest, we need people to kind of take the responsibility to understand. Well, I think the situation here, people didn't really understand either from the private sector who were letting people in exactly what the hazard they were giving themselves or putting themselves into was. Um, but there are volcanoes around the world that you can go to and visit. Um, 
Stromboli in Italy. That's one of the most popular ones that's visited. But earlier this year as well, there was a time where that volcano kind of had an unexpectedly large eruption that actually did kill someone as well. So there are places where you can go to these, but it's um, kind of like any time you go climb a mountain, what do you do? You're supposed to take boots with you, things like that, gear to stay overnight, prepare for all sorts of weather because it can change quickly. Um, visiting a volcano is just like a more extreme version of that. Just understand that these are dynamic environments where things can change very rapidly. Like you can, you can be get ready hit by for a car. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, like I know, I know it came up in the AMA, but uh, going to Yellowstone. Yellowstone is uh, one of those ones where everyone, you know, on the internet says that it's you know the super volcano and it can do something, and you know it's the 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 giant caldera will explode and uh, all of North America will be obliterated, like. I don't necessarily believe all that stuff, but the, there's still activity down there. I've been to uh, I've been to Yellowstone, and that that's crazy in itself. Oh yeah, it's an amazing and really unique place to visit. Um, not in danger of exploding anytime soon. Um, and actually, it's most likely type of eruption that'll happen next will be lava flows, kind of similar to what happens in Hawaii. Um, the big much comet more hits it. Yeah, a comet could hit it and then set it off, and then everything explodes, right? <laughs> Yeah, because comets are just hitting the Earth so frequently. We'd have other problems with a comet. <laughs> but if it did, wouldn't it be like... <laughs> but if it thing? did? <laughs> like lancing a big old zit. <laughs> see, see, Brian, this is what happens when you get drunk people at a bar and you tell them you're a volcanologist. <laughs> you tell us we can't go to a bar for six weeks because of some some hooky. Oh, this guy over here. sitting here getting drunk. <laughs> It takes all kinds, that's for sure. It does. <laughs> so how can people find out more information in the event of a general emergency? Well, always the best source is going to be your local emergency management. Um, they'll have alerts for you. And uh, so I think you guys are in Tacoma. Uh, Pierce County has Pierce County alert or PC alert. And uh, that is actually, I get I get messages about traffic from that which is really helpful. Well, it was back when there was traffic. <laughs> uh, way back when, I remember that time. Uh, but yeah, I've heard like I-5 northbound is closed due to an accident. I know to take an alternate route. That's like the lowest of the important information that I can get from them. But other times you can hear about storm warnings. And if there was some volcanic activity, they would share information on there as well. But your locals are going to be the best source. We're the state. We've got to cover everything. Um, they're going to cover things that are more specific and we have a mill.wa.gov slash alerts website um, that has all the different counties and a lot of cities all of them that have specific alerts as well and you can follow them on social media as well to push information out that way that's awesome yeah that's amazing uh, if you go to the military government one though they're definitely going to track you so be very very careful about that <laughs> <laughs> They're going to require you get tested for a, for a virus, and they're going to put a chip in your head. Oh, of course. <laughs> Gotten broken conspiracy stuff. I'm going to let you go hang out with Mark Sargent and figure out your own flat earth weirdness. Hey, you leave that guy alone. He's a national treasure. Nobody, nobody else knows what that guy knows. I wonder what he's doing right now. I don't even dare ask. <laughs> I don't know. I bet he's down for a discord. Oh, God. Maybe. Oh, you know what? 
Maybe we should do that. We should have got him and Brian on here to argue. Brian, would oh. you get on and argue flat earth with uh, Yeah, Brian, how do you feel about the idea that all your volcanoes <laughs> are actually just on one big chessboard? It would kind of make it really hard for the magma to move as well. Well, you know, Brian, it's all part of the system. It's all it's all planned, it's pre-programmed. Um, <laughs> Did Brian know that we we had the had the the flat Earth guy on? No, we try not to tell crazy. actual. No, no, no. But we don't tell actual credible <laughs> guests who we've had on before because then they don't come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Brian, just well, you, about that when you were doing coaster questions because that was the origin, right? Yeah, that yeah, was, was the origin of the coaster questions. And someday we'll have more coaster questions. Actually, if you know when we can go to a place to get coasters, (laughs) people right now, actually, if you if you pop on the discord, uh, you can we have a whole coaster questions chat room where you can throw in questions there, too. Um, I I, I think uh, I think Bob from Shroom Brothers posted there, like said hi once and but that's about it. But if yeah, I think most people just post it right in the regular discord. Which works just fine for us as well. It's like yep. a great way to get in touch with us. And actually, it helps us be able to interview because we're able to get Brian and, you know, we're not able to be in the same room together, but we're at least able to talk about some really fun stuff, including, yep. I mean, I don't know if fun stuff, but, you know, historical stuff that happened in this area 40 years ago, the uh, mountain erupting. So before we move on from coaster questions, real quick. We, we also have a form on the website, and you can always just hashtag it because uh, we'll see those on any uh, social media, too. So, Yeah, and you can ask a volcanologist. I mean, you can go to the AMA, but you can also ask him. And then when uh, when we have Brian back on, if, Brian, you still want to come back on the show, you can, uh, you can we'll, we'll, we'll send you those questions as well. <laughs> oh, no problem. You guys ask good questions, so <laughs> no worries. Good times. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it. It's just, oh my god! Uh, but uh, so one interesting thing with this being forty yeah. years ago, mind if I ask you a question? Go for it. Yeah. Do, do you or family members have any stories they tell about the eruption? I wasn't alive yet. Yeah, I was one, uh, one and some change, and but strangely enough, it was actually my mother's birthday, and all she'll tell me about is that it ruined her birthday. <laughs> but it was only her twentieth, so it really didn't matter. It wouldn't matter that much, but not like she waited. I grew up in Nevada. Yeah, I grew up in Nevada, so it wasn't a thing for me at all. But um I did have one of my teachers, I want to say it was like fifth or sixth grade, and he was from Yakima. And he um he told us all about it. It was a big deal, right? And he brought in like um ash that he had kept and everything so like for me that's the only like before i had him as a teacher i didn't even know do we even had volcanoes in america i was like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool no, though no. yeah that is yeah it was pretty neat we had the one north american volcano to to talk about Teacher yeah, was kind of a in jerk. Louisiana, and they, they don't know anything down there. They still don't. I, if you said <laughs> Mount St. Helens, they would they wouldn't even know. They would think that you're talking Jesus. Did you guys study it in school in like high school at all? Justin yeah. Brogan? Yeah. 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 That was a whole thing here. Yeah, that was a I mean, Washington State history. It had a pretty big I mean, we had to take those classes. And and Brian, I mean, one of the things, even though like this is for some people around here, I mean, it was a it was a big deal. The the volcano eruption affected stuff globally, though. 
Yeah, at least a little bit. And one of the things that it became kind of like a celebrity as well. Um, well, so globally, the smallest particles of ash that went way up circled the globe a couple of times. A circle that it's not flat. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> just slide that one in there. <laughs> just slide that in there whenever possible. And just uh, keep coming around to that. But <laughs> we, so it was. Uh, it didn't really. It wasn't large enough to have any huge climate effects. Um, some larger eruptions did, like Pinatubo in 1991. That um, actually. Hey, I had a Pinatubo. I can't have babies. Anymore. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> before that. Yeah. Terrible. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I fucked that up. You um, killed it. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, it's probably time to wrap this jammy up. Brian, seriously, thank you so much for being on with this. If people do want more information, where can they find it online? Uh, so we have our mil.wa.gov, um, that's mil.wa.gov slash volcano uh, is our emergency management division website. Um, again, we have a lot of links on there for other our USGS Cascades Volcano Observatory to our state geological survey as well. And then to your local emergency managers as well. You can get in touch with those and find out how you get warned about these things before they happen. And happy Volcano Awareness Month to everybody. Yes, happy Volcano Awareness Month. Uh, hopefully um, the volcano stays nice and silent and everyone can just prepare for other things that are happening that we don't need to talk about. And um, thank you, Brian, for being on with us. And thank you, everyone. Thanks, Brian. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Um, yeah, if you want to get some more of our old episodes, you can do so gritcitypodcast.com. Send us emails at info at gritcitypodcast.com. If you got anyone who, well, is bored and uh, is making fun stuff or uh, talking cool stuff, let us know and maybe we'll get them on our Discord until we can finally hang out together and do some fun stuff. And of course, that Patreon, patreon.com slash gritcitypodcast. Uh, become one of the many, many people. We've got double digits worth of people helping us out. Getting double digits. S- sweet t-shirts from Shroom Bros. Those will be the only way you can get those. We might make some other shirts in the future, but the sweet Shroom Brothers design are the only ways to be able to uh, get those is through that Patreon. Uh, Scott, is there anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that's it. <laughs> okay uh thank you, you guys. guys killed it man honestly brian thanks for coming um do our patreon i love you guys i want to go outside you've been listening to the grit city podcast check them out at gritcitypodcast.com <laughs>